Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. A.J. Gordon was pastor of a church in Boston. He met a young boy in front of the church carrying a rusty cage in which several birds were fluttering nervously. Gordon inquired, son, where'd you get those birds? The boy replied, I trapped them out in the field. What are you going to do with them? He said, I'm going to play with them and then I guess I'll just feed them to an old cat that we have at home. When Gordon offered to buy them, the boy exclaimed, Mr. You don't want them. They're just little old wild birds who can't sing very well. Gordon replied, I'll give you $2 for the cage and the birds. Okay, it's a deal, he said, but you're making a bad bargain. The exchange was made and the boy ran off happy. Gordon then walked around to the back of the church property, opened the door of the small wire coop, and let the birds soar out into the blue. The next Sunday, he took the empty cage into the pulpit and used it to illustrate his sermon about Christ paying for our sins with his own precious blood. That boy told me the birds were not songsters, said Gordon. But when I released them, and they winged their way heavenward, it seemed to me that they were singing, Redeemed, Redeemed, Redeemed. That's what Christ did for us. We were caged up in our sin, heading for eternal death. But when we trust Christ, Christ by His shed blood purchased us and sets us free, and we are redeemed. As we continue our series of key words of our faith, in this episode, we'll take a look at the word redemption. Colossians 1.14 reads, In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. When we looked at the word justification, the scene for that term is a courtroom. The word redemption takes us to the scene of a slave market. In the ancient world, men, women, and children were regularly bought and sold in slave markets. People were owned, traded, purchased, and put to work. The word redemption was used in relation to the purchasing of slaves in a slave market. In the New Testament, four Greek words are used for the doctrine of redemption. We learn about our redemption in Christ through understanding their meanings. The first word is agorazo. This word comes from the Greek word agora, which means marketplace. When Paul was in Athens in Acts 17, it records how he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market or the agora, daily with them that met with him. Agorazo is, in its secular sense, meant to go into the marketplace and to buy something. Applied to redemption, agorazo meant to go in and purchase a slave who was on the auction block. Agorazo is used of the redeemed in 1 Corinthians 6.20, for ye are bought 
or agarazo, with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God has purchased us from the slave market of sin, and he is now our rightful owner. The second Greek word used for redemption is ex agarazo. It simply added the prefix ex, which means to take out of, such as we see in our word extract. When you add it to agarazo, it meant to go into the slave market to pay the price and to take some, someone out of the slave market altogether. In regards to our redemption, it means that once Christ purchased us at the market, the slave market, he then took us out of the market, never again for us to be put up for sale in any slave market. Galatians 3.13 uses this Greek word, Christ hath redeemed, ex agarazo, us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. The curse of the law is death, condemnation, and wrath. As sinners, we are all under the curse of the law. Unable to redeem ourselves, we are in a hopeless state under the wrath of God, helpless to satisfy the just demands of the law to gain acceptance with God. But Christ redeemed us by His cross. He was made a curse for us by taking all our sins on Himself and dying for us. He paid the price. He satisfied God's just demands. And He paid the penalty in our place. We are bought by Christ, redeemed, taken out of the slave market of bondage to the law and being under its curse. Once we belong to Christ, ex agarazo teaches that he will never again return us to the slave market. We belong to Christ, and we are his forever and ever. The third Greek word used for redemption is lutru. This word means to loose, set free, or deliver somebody from captivity through the payment of a ransom. The price of a slave's freedom was called the ransom price. With this type of redemption, the ransom price of a slave was paid on their behalf, and they were then freed, liberated, delivered from bondage, and no longer a slave. Titus 2.14 teaches that Christ gave himself for us that he might redeem, or lutru, us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Christ paid the price at the cross. He gave himself for us, and we have been set free from the bondage of all of our sins by his cross. By the price Christ paid, we are no longer in bondage to our sins. We are free from the penalty of all of our sins, and Christ has set us free. In redemption, the sinner stands before God as a slave in bondage, and he receives his freedom by the price Christ paid for all our sins. Christ purchased our freedom at the cross, placing your faith in Christ as your Redeemer. Christ now tells those who believe, you are no longer a slave. Go free. The final Greek word used for redemption is apolutrosis. This word has the same root as the last with lutru in it, 
but it is strengthened by the prefix apo, which means away from. Christ paid the ransom to set us free from the bondage of our sins. And that price that He paid, and the freedom that He has purchased and given us, takes us away from, far, far away from our slavery to our sins. We are slaves no more. We are free. We are liberated. Free forever from the penalty and bondage of our sins. That word is used in Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption, apolutrosis, that is in Christ Jesus. And it is used right here in Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption, apolutrosis, through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. A missionary in West Africa was trying to convey the meaning of the word redeem in the Bambara language. So he asked his African assistant to express it in his native tongue. The assistant replied, we say that God took our heads out. The perplexed missionary asked, but how does that explain redemption? The man told him that many years ago, some of his ancestors had been captured by slave traders, chained together, and driven to the seacoast. Each of the prisoners had a heavy iron collar around their neck. As the slaves passed through a village, a chief might notice a friend of his among the captives and offer to pay the slave traders in gold, ivory, silver, or brass. The prisoner would be redeemed by the payment. His head then would be taken out of his iron collar and he would go free. Christ died on the cross to purchase our freedom from the bondage of our sins. Have you put your trust in Christ as your personal Redeemer? Let Him take your head out of the enslaving collar of sin and set you free. As we come into this world, by nature we come in sinful. We are all by nature slave to sin. Sin is a heavy iron collar and chain around our neck. It holds us down. It holds us back. Sin enslaves you and it enslaved me. John 8.34 tells us, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant or slave of sin. Romans 7.14 and 23 says, I am carnal, sold, under sin. But I see another law in my members bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Sin is the captor that holds all people. All are sin- sinners and all are slaves to sin. We are all in the slave market of sin, helpless and hopeless, unable to pay the price to set ourselves free. We need someone to pay the price for us. Sin demands a price to be paid to release its victim. The price, or the wages of sin, is death, Romans 6.23 says. Ezekiel 18.20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And the redemptive price was blood. Hebrews 9.22 tells us, Without the shedding of blood is no remission. 
the ransom price that had to be paid to set us free from the slave market of sin and forgive our sins was the shedding of blood and death. Someone had to shed their blood and die for us to be set free. Colossians 1.14 says, In Christ we have redemption through His blood. Christ redeemed us. He was our substitute. Instead of our death, there is His. Instead of our blood, there is His. He paid the price of sin to free the slave, to set us free. He shed His precious blood. He died for us. 1 Peter 1, 18-19 says, "Ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Then there's the redemptive result of Christ shedding His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, Paul writes. Since Christ paid the ransom, He paid the ransom price for all of our sins and set us free from them all, we have the redemptive result of the forgiveness of all of our sins. What a blessing this is, to be forgiven by God. Forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, and future. Colossians 2.13, the next chapter says, We are forgiven all trespasses. Being set free and forgiven of all of our sins means no more need to dwell in the past. No more guilt or shame to haunt you. No more fear of hell. No more dread of answering to God for your sins. No more price on our heads, no more debt to be paid. The debt of sin is canceled, the chains of sin are broken forever. The bonds of sin that had bound us and held us back and held us down, they've been destroyed, shattered, and they are gone forever. Colossians 1.14 reminds me of the scapegoat under the law on the Day of Atonement. On that high day, for Israel, two goats were brought before the high priest. One goat was killed and offered as, as a sin offering, and its blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat. The other goat, the high priest, put both his hands on that goat's head, and he confessed the people's sins. And as it were, there was like a, a transfer that he laid all the people's sins on the head of that goat. And then that goat, laden with the sins of Israel, was taken out, far out, into the wilderness where it could never find its way back again. And it symbolized the taking away of sin and sending it away where it would never, ever be seen again. Israel never saw that goat again, and thus it never saw those heartless sins again. And that's what our forgiveness in Christ is like. When we trust Christ as our personal Savior, our sins are sent away, never to return, never to be seen again. Thus, we can never be in bondage to our sins ever again. We can never re-enter the slave market of sin because our sins have been sent away in Christ, never to return. We are forgiven forever in Christ. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. 
If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. According to the Scriptures is a 16-page booklet written by Pastor Paul M. Sadler. This booklet of charts with narrative is a more detailed approach for those who have a knowledge of the Scriptures but fail to see Paul's apostleship and message. Since this tool will fit inside your Bible cover, you'll always be prepared to share the message of grace with those who are interested. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Exodus 6, 5-8 reads, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into unto the land, concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. We see a picture of redemption in Israel's deliverance from bondage in Egypt. Israel had been in Egypt nearly 400 years after being invited to live there by the Pharaoh of Joseph's day. They had stayed there that long. Over that period of time, Israel had multiplied and grown strong. Fearing this foreign people and a possible uprising within his nation, Pharaoh oppressed the children of Israel and made them slaves. And he set up harsh taskmasters over them, and Exodus 1.14 says he made their lives bitter with hard bondage. Israel was a nation of slaves in hard bondage under a harsh taskmaster in Egypt. In their oppression, verse 5 speaks of the groaning of the children of Israel and being under the burdens of the Egyptians in verse 7. But the Lord told Moses to tell the children of Israel that he would bring them out. He would rid them or rescue them out of their bondage. And then he says, I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great or mighty judgments. I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God. Israel needed a redeemer to pay the price necessary to free them from their slavery. And it was the Lord who would do this for them. They could not free themselves from their harsh bondage. But God told them, I will bring you out. I will rid you out of your bondage. I will redeem you. There are seven I wills in verses 6 through 8, which marks God's personal involvement in Israel's redemption 
and certain deliverance to their promised land. Israel was promised redemption, which consisted of three things. Being liberated from slavery, being made God's own people, and being brought to the promised land. Her redemption had a price, and it was something very familiar. Blood and death. God sent Moses to Pharaoh to say, let my people go. When Pharaoh refused to free the slaves, God sent great judgments, or ten mighty plagues on the Egyptians. The tenth plague resulted in the death of every firstborn male in Egypt. The Israelites were saved from the plague as God instructed by shedding the blood in the death of a lamb and applying that lamb's blood to the door frames of their houses. The night of the plague, the angel of death passed over the houses with the blood applied on the door frame. And as a result of this judgment, the Lord brought them out of their slavery in Egypt with his outstretched arm, which I always like that in the Old Testament. It speaks of God's almighty power and his almighty strength. The final step of her deliverance from the Egyptian was the outstretched arm of the Lord in parting the Red Sea for Israel to cross over on dry land. After they crossed over, the children of Israel sang unto the Lord, and in that song they sang, Thou stretched out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them, Thou in thy mercy hast led forth thy, the people which thou hast redeemed. They were redeemed and set free from their slavery. They belonged to the Lord God, and they had hope of their future and a new home in the promised land. And all of that pictures redemption from our sins by our Redeemer. Like Israel, we were all slaves and all in slavery to sin and hard bondage under a harsh taskmaster because sin is a harsh taskmaster. It is hard bondage being a slave to sin. Sin results in pain and groaning and being under burdens, under a heavy burden. But it was the Lord that provided Israel's redemption. And it is the Lord that provides ours. We cannot buy ourselves or get ourselves out of our bondage. We need the Lord to do it for us. As a result of the death and shedding of the blood of a lamb, Israel was redeemed. At the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, provided our redemption. He shed His blood as the payment for our freedom from sin's bondage. The Lord brought Israel out in power. Likewise, the Lord brings us out of our slavery to sin with His outstretched arms at the cross of Calvary. By His almighty power and strength and conquering sin, conquering death by His full payment for sin at the cross and by His glorious resurrection from the dead. In Israel's redemption, they were set free from their slavery. And then they belonged to the Lord God. And they had hope of a future and a new home in the promised land. And all of that is very similar and true of us. 
In our redemption, we are set free from our slavery to sin. We too belong to the Lord God forever. And we have the hope of a future and a new home. But not the promised land. The promised land is not our hope. Heaven is the hope for the church, the body of Christ. Dale Galloway wrote the following. The boy held his little boat and said, It's mine. I made it. But he suffered a keen disappointment. One day, with exuberant anticipation, he carried his boat he made to the shore of the lake and sailed it on the clear blue water. The little boat skimmed along as the gentle breeze blew its sails across the rippling waves. But then suddenly a gust of wind caught the little boat and snapped the string the boy was holding. Out farther and farther the little boat sailed until at last it vanished from sight. Sadly, the boy made his way home without his prized possession. It was lost. The weeks and months went by, and one day as the boy passed a toy shop, something caught his attention. Could it be? Was it really? He looked closer. It was. There in the, in the display window was his own little boat. Overjoyed, the boy bolted into the store and told the owner about the, bo the boat on display, that it really belonged to him, and he had made it. The shopkeeper said, I'm sorry, but it's my boat now. If you want it, you'll have to pay the price for it. Sad at heart, the boy left the store, but he was determined to get his boat back even though it meant working and saving until he had enough money to pay for it. At last the day came. Clutching his money in his fist, he walked into the shop and spread out his hard-earned money on the countertop. And the boy said, I've come back to buy my boat. And the clerk counted the money. It was enough. Reaching into the showcase, the shopkeeper took the boat and handed it to the eager boy. The lad's face lit up with a smile of satisfaction as he held the little boat in his hands. He looked at it and he said, You're mine. Twice mine. Mine because I made you. And now mine because I bought you. And that's the truth of our redemption. We are twice God's. We are the Lord's both by creation and redemption. We are His because He made us, and we are His because we have been bought with a price by the blood of Christ, which He shed as the payment for all of our sins at the cross. The truth of our redemption is very practical. We have been purchased at a great price, at a tremendous cost. We are to remember the price of our redemption and the love of our Redeemer as a motivation to live for the Lord out of gratitude. Our life now is not our own. All of us, body, soul, and spirit, has been bought and paid for, and it belongs to God. So our purpose should be to glorify and honor God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. The grace of God in our redemption should transform our lives. Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. 
The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.